We use our phones for everything at this point, and I am absolutely guilty of that. I look up recipes on my phone. I meal plan on my phone. I use my GPS, even though I know where I'm going. (laughs) (laughs) But did you know that you can also use your phone for some sexy me time? Don't worry. Your fantasies are safe with Dipsy. Just don't forget to use your headphones. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. Discover stories about second chance romances, adventurous vacation flings, and hot and heavy hookups. And there's a growing library of fantasy series with vampires, Greek gods, and fairy smut to explore the bounds of your pleasure. New content is released every week, so in between listening to your favorite stories again and again, you can always find something new to explore. They also have soothing sleep stories, wellness sessions, and sexy written stories to read. Let Dipsy be your go-to place to spice up your me time. Explore your fantasies, relax and unwind, or even heat things up with a partner. For listeners of our show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash justbreakup. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipsystories.com slash justbreakup dipsystories.com slash just break up. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. And this week, we're going to tackle topics like feeling like a jealous teenager, <laughs> heeding our friends' warnings, and feeling obligated to protect everyone else from our exes. Mm. But before we begin, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that we're not licensed mental health practitioners in any way, shape, or form. Literally we are no way. Licensed <laughs> podcasters. Yeah. Could you imagine if there was like a license that you had to get to be a podcaster? Mm, no. <laughs> I would fail that test. Sound quality. Yeah. Yeah, And it would be like, um, how self-absorbed are you with your own opinions? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, this is all to say, please take our advice as you see fit. We're only here to offer our humble musings. So hopefully shed some understanding and maybe some laughs on the incredibly rewarding, but mostly confusing experience that is love. All right, Sam, this week's check-in topic is also inspired by something that I pulled from an Instagram poll that I took a couple weeks ago. This person wants to know, and they were very clever with their character limit, you know, in the little Instagram ask box, you know. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Yeah. um, They actually wrote us again and said, sorry, this question box character limit per line format is absolute torture. (laughs) But they wrote... um, If someone leaves your life, does it make the time slash experiences shared with them less meaningful? Or if someone changes from who they were, does it make past time shared with them less meaningful? I thought it was Mm. interesting, thoughtful. Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think... um... I guess my question is, is like, what are we, what do we mean by meaningful in this situation? Right. Cause like your experience as someone can say, can change based on what happens or right. Like 
you can, somebody leaves you, you can look back on some of the things that happened and say, look at them with nostalgia or look at them with regret or look at them with like a feeling of like, oh, I should have known better or whatever. Um, But that doesn't necessarily make them less meaningful, right? They can, they could be meaningful in that they've taught us an important lesson or they can be meaningful in that they can warm our hearts on in times when we are feeling really sad and alone, right? To remember and be like, oh, well, remember what it felt like to be loved or remember how good a time I had with this person. Um, So I think like the the way that we perceive them can change and probably will always change no matter whether that person leaves you or not or no matter if they change or not, right? Such a good reminder. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my perceptions of my time, my early time with Peter are of course, changed by the things that I know about him now, right? And like the ways that we currently engage in our relationship. And I can say, you know, I can look back and say like, oh, that was really wonderful or like that is so quintessentially Peter. Whereas the time I might have like experienced them as something very new or like very interesting, right? And now I can say like, yeah, that joke was funny the first time and now it's not anymore. The 50,000th time that we're, (laughs) I've heard it, right? Like, That is so funny, and (laughs) especially knowing Peter. Oh, my God. That is so cute. Um, Yeah, go ahead. No, you finish. No, go ahead. I was just going to, I was going to spiral into incoherence as I often do on this podcast. So you (laughs) cut me off before I do that. Uh, Which I often do on this podcast. (laughs) I read your reviews. (laughs) Okay. Um, Okay. So I was going to say in tandem with Sam's comment, I think that it's also important to remember that when we look for advice on these things or when we're looking for like the right the rules of operation or of engagement or whatever about how to feel. It's important to remember that our internal functionings are often not like a one size fits all sort of situation. Meaning Mm. when you all write us in and say like, how long before you determine the relationship or how long do you have to grieve a relationship before you start dating again? Like those, those answers are always nebulous and it's the same thing with memories. Like, you might, those memories might seem less important to you when the relationship changes or that you might revere them for years or like Sam says, there will always sort of be this nebulous changing thing. I think that it's it's an opportunity for us to say, what does this mean to me? And that's all that matters. It doesn't matter, you mm-hmm. know, it doesn't matter that this person has, you know, Jekyll and Hyde it into a different person. These memories are now these memories and this new person informs them as I see fit. I think it's, it's, Mm -hmm. it's not as, it doesn't have to be a, uh, a one size fits all relationship to these memories. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I think that there are people who are like, oh, that person left me. And so none of this relationship has meaning anymore. Right. Like it's right. over. Like, I don't want to think about it. I want to put some that people in a box wash their hands else. of everything. Totally. Absolutely. And some people are like celebrate anniversaries with people who they're no longer in relationship with. Right. Like, yes, there's and and like everything in between. So it's sort of up to you how much meaning you want to impart on the memories, experiences that you have with somebody who leaves you or who changes into a different person. And there's no right or wrong way to do it. Right. I mean, you should talk to a therapist about like <laughs> how to like move on and like whether those memories are like yeah. working for you. Um, 
but there's no like there's no right or wrong way to to put meaning into things that have happened to us right like we we make meaning our own meaning out of our own experiences and that's okay yeah i absolutely agree are we both wearing black nail polish no mine is like a very dark red oh what an autumnal color it's very oh, autumnal. It's called we're both very, very berry. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's called like a uh, graveyard or something. I don't know. It's just straight black. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah. I thought that was like a thoughtful question. Um, I hope that helps to the listener who submitted it to our Instagram a couple weeks ago. You ready to get into yeah. some letters? Let's do it. Okay. This first letter comes from Teenage Jealousy, whose pronouns are she and her. And who's writing from Down Under. Teenage Jealousy writes, Hi, Sam and Sierra. Your podcast has gotten me through the past two years, and I want you to know that you are making such a difference to us head and heart workers. I am a teenager again. My inner child is louder than my adult self, and it's screaming so loud that I can only hear it being totally afraid of rejection. I love this Look, intro, have- by the way. <laughs> yeah, right. Look, I have a boyfriend, and he has recently been able to get a great job at the moment, despite these shitty COVID times. Although I am happy for him, I'm jealous that he gets to be in a busy, thriving, and bubbly environment full of many attractive women. One in particular he has made a point to say is called Alicia. Before I explain what's upsetting me, I'll tell you that I have struggled with eating disorders and body image issues for years. Today when he got home from work, he couldn't stop telling me about her, how great and awesome she is, and how she asked him if he was on steroids because he was so fit how she has opened up to him so willingly like the, quote, queen girl boss she is. He said how (laughs) she was so great to, quote, open up and talk about her body image issues. He says she woke up one day and decided to take up weightlifting, his passion, and that it's so nice to see, quote, someone finally getting on top of her issues. He says she's so fit and great. He says she's my age and that he will definitely be getting her over for parties. The thing is, I haven't gotten on top of my body image issues, and even though I try so hard every day, I try really hard to open up to him about it, but he's never said to me that I am such an amazing person for doing so. He always encourages me to exercise and to not let myself become fat. He comments on how I've lost weight or am looking more toned. Lastly, he said to me, quote, don't worry, I won't go out with her, but anyway, our relationship is still new, so, I mean, we're only getting to know each other. It's been almost nine months. Is he actually comparing me to the super cool, hot, amazing woman who he wishes I was more like? Why can't I just be happy for Alicia and his amazing new friendship with her? I just want to cry because I don't feel good enough. Aw, don't cry, teenage jealousy. Thank you so much for writing and for trusting us with this story. Um, mm. I want to start by saying something that has little to do with my advice, but just like as a general statement, there's nothing wrong with being fat. Fat is not a feeling. Fat is not a negative personality trait or a sign of other fucking whatever. Um, I just want to say that like as a blanket statement, I think from just breakup. How about that? Is that a fear? Yeah, yep, agreed. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, for sure. I would say that this podcast is intentionally fighting fat phobia in the way that we are fighting other systems of oppression. So, absolutely. Yeah, 
Yeah. Um, so, uh, but getting to my actual tangible advice. I, so there's... I, there's a couple things going on in this letter for me. Um, I know jealousy is so challenging, and it does. I, the reason why I love the intro to this letter is because it's so relatable. Like, I am a teenager again. My inner child is louder than my adult <laughs> self. Like, that is so real, uh-huh. and especially in jealousy. All of those um, reaction feelings are coming up. Those insecurity feelings are coming up, um, and it's clouding our, you know, ability to access our maybe higher thoughts or our more intentional responses. I also want to say to your boyfriend, it is very possible to be innocently and genuinely inspired by someone and excited about a new friendship. And at the Mm -hmm. same time, in the same moment, accidentally be an insensitive asshole. (laughs) 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 Like those things. And like, I'm not you know, villainizing the boyfriend in my mind at all. I'm just saying there's there's some con- contradicting or conflicting feelings in my heart about this situation. Part of me wants me to part of me wants to tell you like, okay, here here here's how we work through our jealousy and here's how we invite our partner in to help us through the jealousy, et cetera. And the other part of me wants to be like, I feel like there's some blinders on in in some of these comments that are crossing the line into insensitivity and making it even harder for you um, jealousy or teenage jealousy to like access that, that more healed, more sustainable version of yourself. Mm. Yeah. I think that that's um, absolutely true. And that I don't think that the problem here is that you are too jealous, although, right. I think we can always be thinking about how we can work on jealousy because jealousy often isn't a really healthy, constructive emotion for us and recognize the fact that like some of the stuff that your boyfriend is saying to you feels really um, challenging to me to to sort of get behind. Um, and <laughs> I want to nice admit to too, like, <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you. And right. I also want to say too, right, we're getting this information from you. Um, and so, and we know that this is something that you've struggled with in the past, right? Thinking about eating disorders, thinking about your own body issues, which like I am not condemning in any way, right? Right. We all know that that we live in a society that punishes people for being in bodies of different shapes and sizes and mm-hmm. that those those feelings are like internalized. So like you're not a bad person right. for being ashamed of your body. You're not a bad person for having experienced an eating disorder, right? Like. And I want to say that those two things are probably also really coloring your experience of this person. So what I would encourage you to do, and um, this is something that I have to do a lot too, is to like ask myself what the words are that are coming out of my partner's mouth and and focus on that too, right? Like he may be saying to you that you um, need to lose weight, right? He may be saying to you that that you need to not get fat. He may be saying to you that you are that he's looking that you are or is excited that you're losing weight, right? All of those things could be true. Or he could be saying things that are meant to be sort of not phobic or like meant to be encouraging and diplomatic and you're hearing them in a particular way. Not saying that that's what's happening, but that's something that I have to do when my partner says something and I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe he just said that. And I have to be like, 
what were the literal words that he used? Right. <laughs> right. Like, right. Right. Did this person say you're an awful person or did he just say, hey, can you pick up your socks? Right. Like, right, literally, right. I have to say I have to say that to myself. Deeply, deeply relatable <laughs> right there. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I've, so I've I questioned to... my merit over things like unwashed dishes before. <laughs> like, am I a good person? <laughs> oh, for sure. My partner asked me to do the dishes. <laughs> Uh huh. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I want you to I think it's important for all of us to be thinking about that as well. And if the things that your partner is saying to you are the things that you're saying that he is actually saying, um, I find it really awful, <laughs> Like to be honest, like the idea yeah. of like if somebody told me that I need to exercise so I don't get fat, I would be livid. I would be so mad at them. Like, that's just yeah. not an appropriate thing to talk to your partner about yeah. or a person about. Right. Yeah. Like like there's so much that's loaded in that, especially when you're talking to a person who it sounds like he knows is struggling with body issues and is struggling with an eating disorder. Like that's just a, a shitty, shitty thing to say to a person. Um, yeah. And also too, like commenting on your weight, commenting on your body, like all of that stuff can be good. Right. Like if you are like, hey, partner, you're looking really good today. It can be like a really nice compliment. And if it's also like, hey, partner, you're looking really skinny today. Right. Or, hey, partner, you're not looking like you did yesterday, which was fat. Right. <laughs> like is like that's where it gets like really, really messy. And so, like, I want you to think like. I want you to, like, do the self work that we always talk about. And I also want you to see, too, that, like. The problem here isn't necessarily you. It's the fact that your partner is using your weight and your body as like a metric of your attractiveness and your like success in life right and that's yeah. not something that's appropriate and i and i don't i don't like it I, yeah it just it does not it does not sit well with me and you wrote in about this are you being compared to this new and exciting super amazing person and i want to like answer those fears but what sam and i want to prioritize is we we want you to ask yourself are you Am I liberating myself from the ideologies that taught me I was unworthy in the first place, right? What mm. if, you know, what would it mean if you were fat? What would it mean if um, if your partner admired somebody who had a different body than you? Like the underlying mm -hmm. messages of all of these things is that there are bodies and there are there are people who are valued more in our society, right? And we know that that is reflected in those systems. So we know that's real, right? But is that something like that is the unhealed nature of the world, right? That's why everybody's mm -hmm. so fucked up <laughs> because we we allow ourselves to internalize these messages of valuability. Is that a word? Of value and value, worthiness. That's it. Yep. Yeah, they, yeah, there we go. <laughs> valuability you know we we're internalizing these messages and so like like sam said in the beginning we don't want to shame you for having these thoughts we i have these thoughts sam has these thoughts we mm -hmm. all we 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 were 100%. conditioned to have these thoughts but part of the part of the healing part of the head and heart work journey is to say i was 
I inherited these thoughts non-consensually. And now I'm going to work to say, you know what? I'm not the broken one, right? I'm not the broken one. Mm-hmm. The messages that I was given were are broken. The systems that compare my body to other people are broken. Not my body. My body is perfect. My body mm-hmm. is, um, is imperfectly f- f- wonderful, you know? Um, yep. And... So I think that when we read this letter, there's there's a surface letter question about like, is he comparing me to this new person? Like, how do I deal with this jealousy? And then there's the underlying thing that we want to touch on more, which is like, how are you loving and healing yourself? How how are you cherishing yourself? Um, and that's that's what's most important to us. Yeah, absolutely. Like it, it is sort of how are you calling on yourself to liberate the comparisons that you're making between you and Alicia, right? To say like, neither of these bodies is any better than the other body, right? They're yeah. just bodies. And how do you liberate yourself from a relationship in which this man is making you feel a type of way about your worth because of the body that you're in, right? Like, it's not that you have to stop being jealous of this person in order to like, and like liberate your husband from it or not your husband, your boyfriend from it. (laughs) Right. Like it's like both of these things at the same time of like, there's, there's work that needs to like the jealousy issue comes from the liberation of the fact that we're all in different bodies and that those bodies aren't inherently better or worse than any other body. Right. Like that's where the, the, the liberation from jealousy comes from. And at the same time, like your husband, (laughs) I keep calling me your husband, your boyfriend's (laughs) The way that your boyfriend is enacting the violence of that hierarchy on you by telling you these things that he's telling you about how your body is better when it's toned or your body is better when it has less weight. Like, I don't want you to have to subject yourself to that. Like, I don't want him to do it either. And if you wrote us in, I would be like, bruh, come on. Like, what are you doing? But you don't deserve to be in a relationship with a man who is going to compare you to other people's bodies, right? In a way that is like really awful to you. And, and so that's, that's really what I'm saying is that like, yeah, there's probably jealousy stuff here that you can work on, but the root of all of this is this like hierarchy that we've created around different types of bodies. Yeah. Which is all like very high level, but like, that's, I honestly (laughs) think that that's like where, where the healing comes from is like, is like, that's the work. It's not being like, stop being jealous, stop being jealous, stop being jealous, right? It's about like, wow, my relationship to my own body and other people's bodies is really, really messed up. It was taught to me. It belongs to the people who created it. I was conditioned this way. Mm -hmm. Right. And so the liberation comes from being like, no body is any better than anyone else's body. It's just, we're all people in bodies. And like these systems that have created this hierarchy are doing a lot of damage to me and making me do a lot of damage to other people too, right? Like now I'm enacting jealousy on this woman who I don't even know because I've made up a story that people think her body, that's not a story. People do think her body is better than yours because that's the system we exist in. But the story that her body is somehow better than mine because of the fact that it has less weight on it or the fact that it has more muscle mass, which is just silly. (laughs) It's just like a, that's such a silly thing that we do in this world to each other and to ourselves. And I think one more thing about jealousy in general, which I have definitely had to learn or honestly something that I've had to find comfort in the discomfort of is 
my jealousy will not go away the, the more I believe in this bodily hierarchy that we've been taught, that we, that we have been indoctrinated with. Because there will always be people that I perceive to be, quote, better or more worthy of my partner's attention and therefore more of a risk. So as long as and and please, 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 teenage jealousy, do not take this as a means to be hard on yourself or to feel ashamed Mm -hmm. or like, you know, this is we're talking about like deep, deep wounds that some of us don't even know we have just from the systems mm-hmm. that we were brought up in. Um, so I think Sam and I are just like having a heady Saturday morning recording this episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're like, how do I deal with jealousy? And we're like, this is how you deal with hierarchical wounds in your soul. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> the point I just wanted to make is like, there's going to be more women you know, if, if this relationship doesn't last mm. forever, there's going to be another relationship. And and as long as we subscribe to this bodily hierarchy that values, as long as we mentally subscribe to it, right? If we if we allow those beliefs to infiltrate our heart, like, then there's always going to be a threat to our relationship. And it becomes unsustainable because if your relationship is always threatened by people you preserve perceived to be more lovable than you than that mm-hmm. i mean honestly i got chills from my own words <laughs> only because <laughs> I, I realized that's why so many of us myself included really struggled to find trust in relationships is because we never believed yep. we were worthy because we were because i i'll say i never believed that i was worthy of people being with me and not cheating on me or not like finding somebody else who was more lovable than me because I did believe yep. that there were people out there who who were more lovable than me or that I believed that mm-hmm. I was inherently unlovable or something like that. Um, mm. So, yeah, trail off. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. Because because you are infinitely lovable, teenage jealousy. You the likelihood of you existing in a body at all is just amazing, right? Like it's such a (laughs) miracle. It's so fucking unexpected that like this happened, right? That you are in this beautiful, wonderful body that does all of these things to help support and keep you alive and allow you to do things, right? Like it's, it's incredible. And so you are infinitely lovable because of exactly who you are. And, and there's nothing that anyone can take away from that, right? There's no, yeah. there's no beautiful person outside there that's going to suddenly take away any, any fraction of that lovability. Um, and that's, that's what Sierra and I want you to see. That is, that is what we're not trying to shame you in any way for the, 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 the systems of thought that have been so deeply ingrained in us that have intentionally taught us not to love ourselves. What we want is to let you know that you are infinitely lovable, that there is absolutely nothing wrong with you or your body. There is nothing wrong with Alicia or her body as well. Yes, right? there we go. You are absolutely infinitely lovable in exactly the body that you're in, in this exact moment. That's the reality. And you can you can tell yourself that that's not true. You can lie to yourself about that. Doesn't make it any less true. <laughs> it's yeah. just that is a fact. That is the existence that we are in. You are exactly lovable because you are you. 
And that's really what Sierra and I want you to walk away from this conversation with is, is some strong faith in the reality of that statement. We're not making it up. We're not lying to you. That mm-hmm. is absolutely 100% true. Yeah. All right, my darling <laughs> teenage jealousy. We love you so much, obviously, and we hope this helps. Absolutely. Hopefully. Yeah. I literally have no fucking clue if any of that was applicable to the letter, but I deeply enjoyed that conversation. So thanks. <laughs> good, good. good. <laughs> All right, here we go. <laughs> All right, y'all know that Sam and I record every single episode of Just Break Up virtually. So I literally see this beautiful person on Zoom like multiple times a week. And every time Sam pops up into Zoom, I comment on their outfit. And I swear, like 99% of the time, I'm like, oh my God, that outfit is so cute. Where did you get it? Sam says quince. You too can upgrade your wardrobe with luxury essentials at unbeatable prices. Quince is here to transform the way you shop with a range of high quality items priced within reach. That's right. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karakul jewelry. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middle person and passes that saving on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Y'all have heard me talk about my leather bag that I use as both a laptop bag and a diaper bag. And I love it because (laughs) (laughs) honestly, it looks really cute in every single circumstance that I use it. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash just break up for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E.com slash just break up to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash just break up. All right, head and heart workers, you know I'm all about tackling our money shame and becoming fiscally empowered, regardless of how much money we make or how much debt we have. I think it's such a crucial step in our own self-acceptance and empowerment. That's why I love that today's episode is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. With Rocket Money, you can see all of your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't want, you can just cancel it with a tap. You never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled unwanted subscriptions. And listen, we always talk to you about like conflict styles and open and honest communications, but honestly, save your energy and get Rocket Money to cancel those subscriptions for you. (laughs) Stop wasting money. You don't need to practice that. Yeah. We don't need to do head and heart work with like customer service representatives. You know what I mean? Like just like... 
Use the middle person. <laughs> Just get Rocket Money in there to help you do what you need to do. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. That's rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. Rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. Our second letter is from Smitten But Sus who that Sam had to explain to me means suspect <laughs> or suspicious. Yes, suspicious. Yeah. <laughs> suspect. Yeah, suspect. That's a verb, right? To be, I mean, yeah. an adjective, not a verb. Like to be suspect mm-hmm. of something. Okay. All right. English yeah. major. Here we go. <laughs> Whose pronouns are she, her, who is writing to us from in your new yellow header. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. First of all, I want to congratulate you on the new image. The photos look great, and the yellow makes me just too happy to see. They're all so fantastic. Needed to get that out of the way since I squealed when entering your revamped webpage. JustBreakUp.com. No, just kidding. It's JustBreakUp.com. I've been this for three fucking years, and I said the wrong website. Now on to my question. I met a guy I really like online. We live in different countries, but he's friends with some people I know. So that's how we got chatting. We're very compatible, both very attractive people. And in the few months we've been speaking, a relationship has evolved. He calls me all the time. We video chat, even have sexy times with the constraint of technology and distance. We're open, but we're going to meet in a few months, and we're both really looking forward to that. I've been in my fair share of toxic relationships, and one of the things I really enjoy about him is that he's really nice and actually keeps his word and doesn't jerk me around, wasting my energy or my time. At least he hasn't yet. I know everything seems dreamy because we haven't met yet, but I'm very clear on the fact that if something doesn't add up to me in person, that I will have to let him go. I don't have the energy, time, or willpower anymore to spend years pining after men that don't really seem to like me. So far, I'm happy to entertain the notion of him while he does. Because I'm a loudmouth that doesn't know how to shut up, I've been telling my close friends this story and acquaintances and strangers. Made the mistake a few times of including his name. A couple weeks ago, a casual friend of mine texted me out of the blue asking for his last name. I gave it, but I had a horrible feeling. She later said that she met up with a friend of hers that used to live in his town and that they seemed to have a fling. I didn't even ask who she was because my significant other's past is of no interest to me to go digging around. So I brushed it off. Until my friend a week ago called me to say she'd met up with her friend again and wanted to warn me about the guy I'm talking to. No true specifics, just that she he was shitty to her friend, jerked her around, manipulated, and just general assholeness. Again, my own sordid romantic past has been a sort of connoisseur with the asshole department. So I did tell my friend that he's done none of these things that could be construed as that, that he always calls me on time, hasn't engaged in nagging, and that there's no cheating to be wary of since we're not exclusively dating. I felt a little off since her call. It just confused me. It felt like she was expecting me to drop this guy immediately because we've had our fair share of exchanges about how men ain't shit. I know that she's just looking out for me, yet I can't help but be annoyed she came by with this third-party information that I don't think truly concerns me. 
What do you guys think? I don't even think I have a question. I just like a discussion. I know that I haven't met him in person yet, and maybe then I'll come to find out he's truly this awful shit show of a man, and then I'll have to figure out what to do then. But meanwhile, I think it's unfair to have my own story with him invalidated by whatever happened with the previous girl he didn't really like, I guess. Thank you so much for reading. Hope you too and Willow and Peter and Spencer are doing well. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for writing. The whole family. Yeah. Uh, Opal and Todd included. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. And Katie, let's not forget Spencer's wife too. Yes, absolutely. Um, And Marcy, their dog. Oh my God. Huge just break up family. I can't believe I got Marcy. (laughs) (laughs) How could you forget Marcy? And my nephews. 100 pounds. Um, Okay. So this reminds me of a letter that we got maybe like two years ago in which somebody got like a uh, an anonymous DM about the person she mm-hmm. was dating being like, this guy's an asshole, he's super abusive, whatnot. And I think you and I both were like, trust your gut, but we didn't think, like we were, we were open to the idea of you still seeing this guy because everyone's experiences with people is different. Like, unfortunately, like my most Mm -hmm. abusive ex is someone's greatest love at this point. You know what I mean? Um, Yeah. And I still, I still believe in that. Although I saw some like comments on our Facebook group about like loving comments and like, I'm talking like two (laughs) about people being (laughs) like, Oh my God, that's the only time I disagreed with Sam and Sierra because I feel like if somebody warns you, you should, you know, you should really heed that warning. Um, Which I also Mm -hmm. think is fair. Like, I think it's just a complicated Mm -hmm. situation. (laughs) I just think that it's there. It's really nuanced and really dependent on the person and, and on, um, and on everybody's individual stories. So, um, sure. Yeah. I mean, I think if I was judged by the way, the worst way that I behaved in a relationship or situationship with somebody, no one would ever date me. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like I would be alone forever if it was like, if the, the person that had the say over whether or not people dated me was the person that I wronged the most, mm, then that like, is such a great point. Yeah. Of course. Like, I have been like shitty to people who I've been in situationships with, right? Like where I ghosted them or I, you know, was not actually that interested in them, but just like kept hanging around with them, right? Like I did things that I'm not super proud of and I know that hurt that other person. Yeah. And I am a different person in my relationship with Peter, right? Like, and I, right, right. Not only because I've grown from those moments, right? Because I have, I have learned different things that have allowed me to behave differently, but also because like I really love Peter and wanted to be with him and just like was able to commit to him because like yeah. I wanted to commit to him. <laughs> right. I think like, it, it reminds me that everyone is capable of abusive behaviors. Like mm-hmm. it it doesn't like I have exhibited abusive behaviors to my partners. Like I have, you know, like when we have needs that are not getting met. And we have unhealthy tools of getting that. Like, it just reminds me that we're like all on a fucking journey, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) (laughs) Which is not to invalidate the people's vulnerability and bravery in telling their experience. Like, I think it's a very. For sure. It's it is 
I don't want to say noble, like better than thou sort of, but it, it, I, I see the goodness in it. I see people trying to say like, this was my, this is my truth. And I don't want you to go through that. Like, like, and I respect that. I really do. Honestly, I have felt the urge. I mean, man, a different time, a different seer would like, would literally have paid for a smear campaign against the person. <laughs> Except for it wouldn't be a smear campaign. It would just be like telling the truth <laughs> in a large mm-hmm. scale. Um, like, I I think that's a very human and understandable desire and one that can often be um, really helpful. Uh, you know, it's, 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 it is helpful to mm-hmm. get a good, pers- like a, a, full perspective of someone but like sam said i i i think this is just such a much more it's more complicated than just like trusting what people say or trusting your gut and going off with this person even if somebody warns you of that you know it's just more nuanced than that because Mm -hmm. we as humans are so complicated and ever growing and ever healing and ever and ever fucking up again you know um i feel I feel conflicted. Um, mm-hmm. In this situation, I I do want to I want to take I want to pause for a moment and just say this might be like Sam mentioned in the first letter. Again, we were not in that coffee shop or whatever. We were not a part of this conversation. But like Sam mentioned in the first letter, that sometimes we can hear things and ascribe meaning to them. Or you know, I for sure, if Sam came to me. And was like, your significant other is sketchy and I don't trust them. And they stepped on my shoe and blah, 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 or whatever. You know. Or- well, listen, <laughs> I've got some things to say about Willow. <laughs> <laughs> on a serious note, let's say like if Sam came to me <laughs> and was like, if I was like on Tinder or something and was like, oh, this person that you have a date with, like they were my coworker and they were really um, a hot mess and they were really shitty to a lot of people I worked with, whatever, I would absolutely feel pressure to, Mm. um, comply to Sam's warning. Like, or I would feel great stress and inner conflict if I wanted to keep going out with that person. So I don't think that your reaction is uncalled for by any means, but I do want to, I'm wondering, how much true pressure was this friend putting on you? Or was this something that was this a pressure that you felt mm. that that was produced internally? It could be either. I just, you know, I think it's one of those situations of like, is this what the person's saying? Have I asked them about that? Are they going to have I asked them? Are they going to disrespect me less if I keep dating this person? Or have we had a mm-hmm. more nuanced conversation about it? Yeah, I think what I would do in the situation where I would feel this pressure or feel this sort of frustration about this friend that's like trying to tell me what to do is to remind myself that like what this friend is doing is trying to protect me. Right. Like, and that's a good intention. Yeah. That is, it's, it speaks well to her that she is trying it. She's hearing the stuff and she wants you to know, and she wants you to make a decision that she thinks is going to keep you safe. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's like a wonderful impulse, even if it's coming across in a way that isn't, isn't helpful. Um, And to recognize that you too can be in disagreement about what should happen next. And that doesn't mean that either of you is bad or wrong or a 
like a not a good person, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. It just means that you're in disagreement about what you want to do next. Yeah. And so, and I know that that can be hard, especially when you're feeling a lot of pressure from this person, as if this person isn't recognizing that like disagreements happen and that it's okay that they happen. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's what I have to remind myself, or that's what I would remind myself of in this situation is like, this person is loving me by trying to protect me, even mm-hmm. though it's coming off in weird ways for me that make mm-hmm. me frustrated. And that it's okay that we're disagreeing about how it, we're, this relationship is going to move forward. And it's my decision, right? Yeah. I'm the one that's in this relationship. I'm the one that gets to decide how this is going to happen. Um, and that can be something that you can even say to this person if they bring it up again to say like, hey, I hear you. I absolutely believe you. I believe your friend had a bad experience with this person. And I I really appreciate that you're trying to keep me safe or keep me from making a bad decision. Yeah. I'm going to continue seeing this person because my experience with them has been nothing but positive. If it starts to get negative, I will absolutely keep that advice that you told me in the back of my mind and like yeah. not date this person. I think it can but- be a yes and. It can be like, I have this information in my pocket, right? I'm I'm mm-hmm. even more prepared to uphold firmer boundaries the second I see something toxic or or whatever Um, or maybe this is a reason you want to have a little bit more clarity or I don't know I I don't want people to think that we want people to like run blindly into the arms of abusers (laughs) but Mm -hmm. I think that as we've said over and over again this is just it's People are so nuanced. And I think this is an opportunity where you can say it's not me versus my friend and this decision, or it's not like yep. it's not like this weird triangle or whatever. Instead, you can take it all. You can say, I'm I believe you. I'm gonna take this information and I'm gonna I'm gonna have it in my pocket alongside my experience with this person. Um yep. yeah, and I think too, like. Well, let's also remember the context of this letter as well, which is to say that the friend isn't saying that this person is abusive or that this person did anything like super awful or toxic. It's just that like this person sort of jerked around this friend and like treated them poorly, which is like we need to like be really grounded in like the context and reality of situations is like very different than somebody saying like, oh, this person beat me or like, oh, this person was emotionally nagging did something. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like yeah. But the idea of like this person jerked another person around is like, yeah. And who hasn't? Right. Well, I like, think that's so uncomfortable. And but so true. Like I have done I have done that. I have been that mm-hmm. asshole. I have been someone who who could easily be. Somebody could warn another person about like I and that feels so uncomfortable to say. And again, Sam and I are mm-hmm. not trying to like. We're not trying to we're not trying to normalize sh- shitty behavior. It's it's normalizing the nuance and the growing process and how we inevitably hurt people and I don't know. It's not like I mm-hmm. I I don't know this man. I'm not like team like potentially shitty dude. <laughs> I am Yeah. I am team complicated, team very nuanced. For sure. I don't want to normalize shitty behavior, but I want to normalize the idea that like there are no purity tests. Yes, there this, we go. Right? Like we no no one can pass a purity test because everyone has their own individual experience of us and we are humans who make mistakes and yes. humans that hurt other humans, right? Like 
That is the reality. So if we are moving through the world expecting every person that we interact with or date to never have hurt someone in the past, then we are living in an impossible place where we are denying people their humanity. Right? Yes, that's absolutely. what we're doing. Yeah. And like, I don't say this in the con. Like, I also do this where I'm like, oh, that person did that, and I will never speak to them again. Oh my right? God. Which is Those something that you can do. Like, that's from our prerogative, my phone. <laughs> for sure. But it, it's important for us to all remember, too, that like we're not pure. <laughs> mm-hmm. We are not pure sexually. We are not pure interpersonally. We are we are not pure in that we've never hurt people in the past. Right. And like it actually serves us better to be really upfront about that so that when we experience actual like really bad actors, we have a leg to stand on. Would we yeah. say like that person should not be dating other people, right? Yeah. If it's like, oh, that person ghosted a person so they can never date anyone ever again, then it's like, okay, well, then no one's ever going to date. Take like where is your barometer? Absolutely. Yeah. But if think- we like want to actually say like that person was abusive and awful and like sexually assaulted this person, like that's a different situ- situation. Like, and we can't compare them. Like, we can't pretend like it's apples to apples. It's like it's just different. I think for me, smitten, my biggest goal in this is that you don't take your friends' actions defensively. That you take this whole situation right. with curiosity, um, curious mm-hmm. about this friend's experience, curious about your your friend's intentions, curious about the potential of this man, curious about your your own boundaries. What does it mean? What does it, you know, what do I want from this person? What makes me feel safe? Um, I think if we, if we start feeling pressure to be one thing or another, that's, that's when we can really lose the the diversity of human experience, as Sam was saying. Um, be mm-hmm. curious and open and empathetic and also like ready to slap yeah, those absolutely. boundaries down. <laughs> and <laughs> and you know sure. what's so funny is like in that instance, when I say be curious and empathetic, I'm thinking about the friend. I'm not thinking about the fucking dude, um, which like, yeah, be curious to him too. But like, um, you know, you can, you can, you can yes. And this whole situation. For sure. And you can have a conversation with this dude about his experience of of this friend's friend too, right? Like you can practice curiosity there for sure and be like, yeah, hey, I totally. know that you had a situationship with this person. Like, what was that like? And who knows? Maybe he's going to cop to it and be like, yeah, I kind of treated her poorly and was kind of a dick to her. And I feel bad about that. Right. Like, yeah. Right. And if but if we're just if we're just distilling everything down to sort of this like good people, bad people type mentality, and yeah. we are not allowing for the nuance of the human condition. We're not allowing for forgiveness. We're not allowing for growth. We're not allowing for anything big, right? And I'm not saying yeah. like that means we should forgive R. Kelly or Bill Cosby or Harvey Weinstein, right? What I'm saying is that like in our interpersonal relationships with people who are complicated and make mistakes and treat people poorly, even though they're trying their best, we can approach that with empathy, curiosity, forgiveness, and an and understanding that like, our lives are complicated and the things that we do are complicated and they have complicated repercussions outside of what we may have intended. And that's that's what it means to be interdependent, right? That's what it means to be in relationship with people is understanding all of that complexity and nuance in ways that lead with empathy, curiosity, compassion. For yourself too. <laughs> this like- is fun. We just like, yeah, we just keep like answering these questions with like big conversations. <laughs> <laughs> 
Like, um, we, like, should and, I believe I, this person's advice? And we're like, the complexity yeah, of the human yourself. condition. Is- <laughs> what you guys didn't know is we're on acid. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> um, just kidding. It's mushrooms. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> just really last thing, because like you said, empathy, ca- compassion, curiosity, those things are boundaries. Right. We, we we think that empathy and compassion is this openness to allow the world to hurt us. No, empathy and compassion is also pointed to ourselves, is manifested in boundaries. Mm. So, like, if you want to believe this person and maybe shift your experience, great. If you, you know, like, whatever. We've mm-hmm. said it all, but I just wanted to add that note that curiosity, empathy, compassion, that openness that we're talking about does not exclude boundaries, right? It, in fact, it, right. It, it it embodies them. And that mm-hmm. is the end of my soapbox rant. Okay, great. <laughs> okay, great. All right. Smitten, we've, but we've, just, we've both been on soapboxes this entire <laughs> episode. So. I've been shaking my fist this whole episode. You guys can't see. I know. And this next letter is like also not going <laughs> to get us off our soapboxes. All right, let's finish this one. Smitten, smitten but sus. Thank you so much for writing. Um, we fucking hope that helps. <laughs> Question mark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, though. We love you. Thank you so much for writing. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, our next letter comes from Runny Egg Yolk, whose pronouns are she, her, and who is writing from the frying pan. Trigger warning for racist and racially insensitive language. Hi, Sam and Sierra. Thanks for all that you do. I subscribe to your Patreon after binging all your episodes, and I'm so excited for more episodes whenever you release them. If you're interested in getting additional episodes, you can support us on Patreon for as little as $5 a month. <laughs> That's right. Patreon.com slash pod. I found myself in a tricky situation because I think I am dating someone who is racist. I am a 24-year-old Asian woman, and he is a 32-year-old white man. Ugh, I know I have a colonized sexuality. He has recently made comments that were very offensive and disturbing. He has described himself as an egg, white on the outside, and yellow, Asian, on the inside, which was gross. Oh, my God. He has also gifted (laughs) me... I can't handle that. I know, it's like, cool... (laughs) He has also gifted me culturally insensitive clothing slash jewelry, i.e. a necklace with my English name in Chinese, even though I have a given Chinese name that he has never asked me about. I have entered this relationship as a non-monogamous one. I have never expressed that I ever wanted a monogamous relationship, but it was recently closed due to COVID. As the world is slowly opening back up, I have started dating other partners, but he is making me feel like I'm cheating, even though I have explicitly expressed that I have never wanted to be in a monogamous relationship with him or with other people. In a recent discussion, he expressed insecurity and discomfort over the idea of me with other partners. He asked, what if I met someone, quote, with a huge dick? And, quote, what if he was black? Which immediately triggered a question mark, question mark, question mark response internally. Asian women and black men have historically been sexually fetishized groups, so it was very disappointing to see him internally struggle with a sexually racialized idea of Mm. whole groups of people. 
After confronting him about this last comment, he was super gaslighty and asked why I would feel that way since he is, quote, not a racist and, quote, would never say something like that, even though I have had multiple therapy conversations about this exact conversation. It is obvious that I should break up with him, but I know he has a serious yellow fever and is going to date more Asian women and eventually hurt them. I feel responsible for educating him about how his words and actions are harmful, even though his behavior utterly disgusts me. I want to tell him to go read a book or five, but I know he won't. He has deeply hurt me and challenged how I viewed relationships with white men, almost hyperbolically illustrating their limitations. I want to change this person because I know how they move through the world will inevitably cause harm, but it is exhausting to think of radically changing this man I thought I loved. How do I deal with this grief of falling for somebody who turned out to be a racist and now feeling beholden to protecting everyone else they date? I don't want to explain critical race theory to him, but I also feel compelled to make elaborate Venn diagrams about everything hurtful (laughs) that they ever said to me. I don't know. I know this is probably not your lived personal experience, but as white folks, maybe you can shed some understanding on how to deal with people you love who are also racist and insensitive. Love you both. And it would be an honor to hear back from you. Oh, my darling, uh, runny egg yolk. I even hate that name. Like, I, I see why you chose it, but I hate that name because of the association with this fucking comment. Like, I don't even yeah, want to call you that. Yeah, for sure. So I'm going to call you my friend uh-huh. instead. <laughs> um, uh, my friend, I'm so glad you wrote us that you trust us with this um, and that you listen to our podcast and subscribe on Patreon. Thank you. Um, you're right. Sam and I don't have a lived experience of this because we are white people and we do not experience racism. Um, But there are some ways in which I relate to this in terms of like feeling deeply responsible for the future partners of my fucked up ex. Mm. Um, And I know that the small thing that I can do um, as a white person is just say uh, that this experience is so real and I'm so fucking sorry that you found yourself in this situation that was so deeply disturbing and deeply disappointing. And I want you, I want to big you up. I want to say like, fucking break up with this dude. Like what the fuck? (laughs) Um, This is inexcusable. You know, this is inexcusable and it is not your It is not on you to spend more emotional labor teaching this person who, let's face it, has all of the tools and opportunity and resources in the world to be different, right? Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think um, we want to big you up and say, like, you can you can and should (laughs) break up with this man. Um, And we also want to say, too, that, like, we want to acknowledge how challenging this type of situation can be, too, right? Because we often think of racists as being, like, inherently horrible people. Right, right. right? But the fact is, is that, like, the people that we love can be racist, right? Anyone can be racist. It's not like a group of people who hold pitchforks every day and are awful, unlovable people, right? Like, that's what sucks about this system of of racial hierarchy that we exist in is that like it's deeply ingrained and so like i have racist thoughts and feelings i do racist things right even though i am trying to dismantle that as much as possible like recognizing the fact that like it's deeply in me it exists it's there and so like the fact that you love this person deeply and he's he's espousing this like hateful rhetoric 
is really complicated and and awful and tricky. And I'm I'm so sorry. You talked about how like what do I do with this grief, this realization that this person that I loved is also like really harboring these racist things and too seems unable or unable to like talk about it in a way that's not defensive or that doesn't deny your experience of it. Like, yeah, ugh, that that I can only imagine how challenging and difficult that is. Right. And and the fact yeah. that that like people are going to be like, break up with him, obviously, is like misses the nuance of the fact that like you can deeply love this person and they can be racist to you. Right. Well, and I remember a couple months ago on an episode, you said like, yeah, it was like about something uh, about a significant other having like problematic or racist beliefs. And the letter writer wrote something like, yeah, but he's such a nice guy and he cares for me in these ways or whatever. And you said something like, yeah, nice people can be racist. And I remember that, it was such a that was like such a simple but powerful reminder to me that it's not about good versus bad people, right? If we caricaturize mm-hmm. racism as something that we can identify as like a big scary monster and not like our nice parents, right? Or right? um not or like us <laughs> the most well-intentioned, you know, thought or fucking whatever. Like if we think it's it's it again lacks the nuance, <laughs> um, the word of the day um, that yeah. w- would truly start to slowly, slowly dismantle this system of oppression. And um, and I, so I've thought about that forever. That like nice people can be racist, you know. <laughs> and this and and the k- <laughs> kicker is in romantic relationships too. We can feel mm-hmm. love and fall in love with and share intimacy and vulnerability and like see a future with people who have um, deeply problematic conditioned beliefs, right? And those things can exist at the same time. And the tension that that creates in our hearts is deeply, deeply confusing. Um, mm. And if we deny that, then then it, it makes it harder. Like Sam said, it would make it harder for someone to just quote, lead, you know, it's not as simple as just break up, even though we know like just break up, get out of this relationship. You know, you deserve more, but it's never that simple, mm-hmm. especially the unpacking right. of your heart, you know? For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, to echo what Sierra said too, that like, it really isn't your job to, to educate this, this person. Um, probably also because like, because of the body that you're in, because you are an Asian woman, like he's not going to hear it. Mm. <laughs> like if his if his experience of this is so ingrained in this like mentality around these stereotypes about people because of their race, like I don't think that you're the person that's going to be able to get through to him, right? Like even right. when you talked about your own experience of his racism, he did what what lots of white folks do, including myself, right? Is like got really defensive and got really gaslighty, right? Like this isn't happening. You're calling me a racist, which is the, which is a bigger insult than the one that I just made to you because like racists are bad people, right? And so like, I want to absolve you of this, this feeling that you are feeling of somehow you have to protect the rest of the world from this man, right? right? Like that's not your job. It's this man's job to do better and be better, but it's not your job to to fix him. 
And I would love, I hope that he has people in his life who he trusts and can talk to, who can correct him on the way that he's behaving, but that doesn't have to be you. And frankly, I don't think it could be you, right? I don't think it could actually be effective for him to hear those words out of your mouth. Mm, That's powerful. Um, And I think about the ways in which we feel obligated to protect others, um, Mm. the ways in which we feel obligated to internalize abuse or, or whatever harm, right? Like we, we would much rather step in front of that pain, um, and internalize it than, than allow other people to experience it. At least that is something that I relate to. Um, Mm. but I think it's important to remember that our ability to internalize pain, our ability to withstand it, your ability to see the good in this man is not justification to actually endure it. Just because we Mm. can endure something, just because we've learned how to deal with something, you know, as poisonous as racism, right? Like just because you've had to deal with microaggressions or macroaggressions your whole life and just because you can and just because you have the language to speak on it, to educate it is not enough justification for me for you to 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 have to do it. You don't have to sacrifice yourself like that. We are our, our right. world thrives on the emotional labor of women of color, right? And and we mm. fucking thrive off of it, right? And that is a gift to us, but it is such a it's such an undeserved gift gift at so many times. Like there's <laughs> like mm-hmm. there you don't have to make this man better. That's not on you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, absolutely. I I 100% agree with everything that you just said. Um and you know, you you talked about or you asked us like what is it or can you shed some understanding about how to deal with people who are also racist and, and insensitive or people who you love? And I think that that's really the thing that that is important to remember is that like that you can love them and they can be racist at the same time. Right. And that can be those two things can exist, um, even though they seem like they can't exist at the same time. Right. Like, like they seem diametrically opposed. They can't exist at the same time. And it's okay for you to say, I love you and I need space from you or I need you to not be in my life because of the things that you are embodying or the things that you are saying to me or to other people. Um, And that's really challenging. It really sucks because like there are people who you love deeply and who you also can't be around because of the the values and beliefs that they have. Um, So like, just want to recognize that this is like really hard. It's not your job to fix him. And that doesn't necessarily make it easier. Knowing that doesn't necessarily make this any less challenging to have to create this boundary or to put this distance between you and somebody who you thought that you loved, who you were really close with. Um, So I don't know that I have a way to make it easier or a way to make it any less challenging, but I think we um, we see your grief. That's real grief. mm Mm-hmm. It, no matter how yeah, absolutely how oppositional it feels or or conflict ridden mm-hmm. it feels, um, it's real grief. You're really this is something justifiably grief grieving, <laughs> grief filled for sure. Absolutely, yeah, my friend, we love you, and we 
we hope that this helps. Absolutely. Thank you so much for writing and thank you for trusting us with this question. We really appreciate it. All right, everyone, this brings us to the blind date segment of our episode. This is when we try and set you up with something we think you're really going to like. This week, we want to send you home with a podcast. It is a podcast by a content creator that I have shouted out on this show several times, including like it was one of my first blind dates ever. But the content um, or the 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 person that I'm speaking of is a, a content creator by the name of Bunny Michael, whose Instagram is just Bunny Michael. Um, they are a writer, musician, artist, and a spiritual activist, and they are the creator of this meme series that I love that they call mm. The Higher Self, where they it was inspired by um, like those Kermit memes that were really popular like five years ago, where it was like the, <laughs> yeah. the you know, you're, it was like, I, I'm going to not text my ex. And then the like Kermit in the dark hood would be like, key his car you know um it was like you know and bunny at the time was like okay i'm gonna create these memes that are my higher self my my it's like when we on just break up talk about your reaction versus your response like what does that higher self want to be and i love their work i'm a huge fan um i find it incredibly inspiring and aligned with a lot of conversations that Sam and I have on here and inspiration for these conversations. But Bunny has a podcast out for the last, I don't know how long, but it's it's inspired by that work called the XO Higher Self Podcast. You can find it where you find podcasts. You can find it on Instagram at, at XO Higher Self. And it is in another advice podcast. So if you like advice po- podcasts, definitely head over there. Um, talked about the idea of just trying to access that higher self um, to the to the the person you want to be when you're deconditioned by all the limitations of the ego and of hierarchical belief systems. And I just I really love their voice. I love their point of view. They're so liberating to me, and I use that word really intentionally. And their podcast is another advice podcast where folks can call in with voice memos, and Bunny will answer them. And I just love them as a resource. I love their voice. I love their work. So make sure to check out the XO Higher Self podcast with Bunny Michael. Love it. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. You can like us on Facebook and you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Just Breakup Pod. You can slide into our DMs, send us your favorite relationship memes, but most importantly, you can submit your questions about all matters of the heart at justbreakuppod.com, which is also where you can get our merchandise, find our Patreon, submit a letter, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Please remember to follow, subscribe, leave a five-star rating and review wherever you get your podcasts, and consider supporting us on Patreon. If you support us on Patreon for as little as $5 a month, you'll get an additional bonus weekly episode that's patreon.com slash just break up pod this literally keeps the mics on and helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice original music recording editing producing all magical things by our good friend spencer aka big cats make sure to check out his music on spotify and remember just because you can do something doesn't mean you necessarily have to Just because you have access to your ex on your phone doesn't mean you should call or text them. Just because there's something that you think you can teach someone doesn't mean it's your responsibility to educate them. 
Just because you can endure something, just because you know that you can withstand that pain or that growth or, or that abuse, doesn't mean you deserve it. And if all else fails, just break up.